Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. I'm Teach Me Biology. I am teaching my co-host and my little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Episode 18. 18. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe we've done that many episodes. I know. <laughs> uh, enzyme inhibition. Release your So it's our last... <laughs> feel the rain on your skin. Is that what it's about? <laughs> no one else. <laughs> no. <laughs> the first enzyme episode was tough. The second one was better. Yes. You're feeling better about uh-huh. enzymes now. Yes. This is going to be a short one. So hopefully we'll be okay. Okay, great. Enzyme in- inhibitors are... And Stopping gonna... something from happening. Yes. Yes. So do you think you know what they might do? Considering like you know what the structure of an enzyme is, you know the functional part, mm-hmm. you know how it works. Mm-hmm. Can you think what an inhibitor is it might do? Something to do with the active site and stopping the the thing from connecting. Yeah. So how do you think it might do that? Something else goes in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so you can get a competitive inhibitor, which uh-huh. actually is a similar shape to the substrate, so mm-hmm. it actually goes into the active site, blocking the substrate, mm-hmm. so the enzyme substrate complexes can't form. But you can also get non-competitive inhibitors as well. They bind somewhere else on the enzyme, so it's not the active site, it's a different place, but it still affects the enzyme, still changes the enzyme in a way where it changes the active site. It's like caffeine. You know, there's like there's something that yeah. goes in and makes you tired, but yeah. the caffeine goes in instead yeah. and it doesn't make you tired. Yeah. So, so you kind of worked it out, really, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And there's not much more I can say about that, except just talk it through just like a bit more clearly. Competitive inhibitors actually enter the active site. Non-competitive inhibitors bind somewhere else, but still affects the active site. So it's quite dangerous in some ways, but also quite useful in others. If you look at this diagram, again, I'm showing Sarah, if you're a regular listener, you'll know, I'm showing Sarah a diagram that you can find on teachmescience.co.uk. So just pop along to that website and download your own copy, print it off, it's free, do what you want, add notes to it. Yeah, just use it as a resource for yourself. You can see there we've got an inhibitor actually occupying the active site because it's a similar shape to the substrate, so it can bind in there. So the, the substrate is completely blocked from entering. So they are actually competing, hence the name. They're actually taking... The, the active sites of from the substrate. Mm-hmm. However, if you were to change the concentrations of these things, it would affect each of them. For instance, if the substrate concentration was quite low, then the inhibitor would probably occupy as many active sites as possible, blocking any small amounts of substrate from doing so. So the inhibitor concentration would be quite high and the substrate was quite low. Uh-huh. But then if the substrate concentration was quite high, then they have more chance of forming enzyme substrate complexes and so on. Changing the concentration does affect how each one works because they're competing with each other for mm-hmm. those active sites. It's just more like, like the su- increasing the substrate concentration, it's just more likely to access those active sites. Why are the but inhibitors there? Sometimes the inhibitors can be drugs that people take. 
oh, okay. medicines to stop particular reactions from happening because they're making people poorly. Also, like toxins or poisons or things that are poisonous to the body can act as inhibitors. They stop like important reactions of the body and that can... That's why people die. And it can cause problems. That's why people get and people die can, poison. People die, yeah. Okay. Especially if they're like respiratory inhibitors. It can be quite a dangerous thing. Does the thing just go in and that's it and fills it and there's no reaction? It just sits in there yeah. and that enzyme yeah. say, does it leave or does that enzyme die? Yeah, I don't think it's a permanent thing. No. I don't think the inhibitor will permanently occupy it. I think over time, as the reaction goes on, the um, inhibitors will leave and the substrate will take... Mm. Eventually, the substrates will take take their places in the active yeah. sites and things like that. It's just it would take a long time. The graph shape for substrate concentration against rate of reaction, as you can see here, is still a very similar pattern. So you've got it without the inhibitor, which is what we'd expect to see. That's what we saw last week. Yeah. So as you increase substrate concentration, the rate of reaction increases and then it plateaus off. Why does it plateau off? Because they're all filled up. or um, All the active sites are occupied, yeah. But you can see that the line that has a competitive inhibitor still reaches that same point. It just takes... It's a bit slower. So then you've got your non-competitive inhibitor. They do not enter the active site. You can see it here. It's bound to the back of the enzyme. Mm. And then it's changed the active site shape. So that substrate can't bind anymore. It's no longer complementary. You know how that's bound there? Yeah. If it popped off, would the active site go back to a, a, a more complementary yeah, to the I substrate? So. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in this case, with the graph, so you've got, you've got the line, the normal line, mm. without an inhibitor. And you can see here... Very low. It always, always stays low because they're not competing for the active sites. So it's, it's just breaking them. So it's not like the inhibitor can just pop out and the substrate can go in. It's never going to be able to get into the active site because the active site's changed shape so it's not complementary Even anymore if it popped off it would be complementary if it popped yeah. off it would yeah but with the inhibitor there present it's always going to stay low because the active site has changed shape effectively it's denaturing it for that little bit isn't it yeah of that reaction it doesn't matter if you change the concentrations because they're not actually fighting over the active site with each other and that's actually it it's like an interesting little yeah Point, but it's not necessarily a lot to sort of take on. Yeah. So for this first question, just like we did last week, if you listened to last week's episode, which you should to, do because it was a good one. <laughs> in order to, yeah, I like that episode actually. In order to um, actually better answer the questions, you need to see a graph from the exam question. So again, teachmescience.co.uk, you will find the graph, and it's only the first two questions that you need that graph and it's the same graph the third question is just a straightforward describe what these inhibitors are so looking at the graph it says for question one for two marks explain the results without inhibitor shown in the graph so it's basically saying is it curve a which is the normal yeah that's one? a normal one yeah. yeah so explain that graph shape just without an inhibitor just a normal line it is higher than the others it's higher than yeah. So don't compare them. Okay. So as the as the substrate concentration goes up, the initial rate of reaction gets higher. Gets higher. Why? Because there's more substrates to go to the active site yeah. enzymes. Well done. So there's more substrate to form enzyme yeah. substrate complexes. Well done. And then what? It, it, plateau, off. it plateaus off, plateaus but you can't really off. see it doing that. But I'm assuming. But it it's does. starting to. Yeah. yeah. The, I think the last, the last little section is a plateau. Yeah. 
and then it platters off because there's not enough enzymes and more substrates. Yeah, so all the enzymes are being used up. Okay. been used. Yeah, well done. So question two, the graph shows that the maximum initial rate of reaction when a competitive inhibitor is present, which is B, B. is different from that of when a non-competitive inhibitor is present, which is C. Explain the difference. So that's four marks. So it's basically saying, why is the curve for B higher than the curve for C, but using like the science behind it mm-hmm. like, in terms of what the inhibitors do? Because the non-competitive inhibitor denatures the enzyme, so the substrate can't connect at all, whereas the competitive inhibitor doesn't change the active site complementary shape too much. It just, if it pops out, then the substrate can go in, whereas with the non-competitive, it can't do that at all. Okay, you've made two really good points. I'm just not sure about the language you used in terms of using them. Uh So you said that the non-competitive denatures the enzyme. So what does that mean? It means that it stops it from working. Why? Because it vibrates so much that it gets broken, it changes shape. Yeah, what does? What changes shape? The active site. Right, so the non-competitive inhibitor... Doesn't so it, actually do that. It changes... It cha- it's a bit like that. It does, no, it does. It changes the active site. Mm-hmm. Changes the shape of the active site by bind, binding somewhere else. Whereas, like you said, competitive ones don't change the shape of the mm-hmm. active site. That would be one marking point. Okay. But because you didn't say that the non-competitive ones changed the shape of the active site, I was just worried you wouldn't have got the mark because you said it denatured them, and I don't know if they'd give that. The competitive inhibitor actually binds to the active site, to the active which site. the non-competitive doesn't. Mm-hmm. Binds somewhere else. And then need just a few little points about the concentrations. Well, on C, it looks like it plateaus off. Is that to do with the concentration of the substrate, though, or is that to do with the inhibitor? Is C the inhibitor, the non-competitive? It, yeah. Yeah. So with C, it's always going to be lower because... But it plateaus off. Yeah, it, yeah, it plateaus off because whatever you have got is being used up. Sort mm-hmm. of thing. But at those high con- substrate concentrations, with a competitive one, you've still got substrate available for... Like, the enzyme was, is still available, in yeah. a sense, isn't it? Like it's still possible for the substrate to bind to the active site, mm-hmm. which is why it's higher. Because it can still happen, can whereas still happen. with the non-competitive, it can't happen it at can't all. It can't happen at all, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Which is why it's a lot lower. Yeah. yeah. That's why it plateaus off. Yeah. Because it can't happen, whereas with the with the competitive, it can, can still possibly still happen. Still possible happen, yeah. Is that all right? So it's yeah. all effectively with the non-competitive, it's like the enzyme's no longer there. Yeah. Might as well not be there. It's yeah. not available. Just going to look at question three now. It's a five marker and it says describe competitive and non-competitive inhibition of an enzyme five marks. So the the competitive one is when the the inhibitor is a similar shape to the substrate and it is complementary with the active site of the enzyme. So it can connect with the active site. Bind. Bind and it. I have to keep talking about that same one. What I was to say, it can. Um, you just just sort of talk about the fact that increasing the substrate, increasing the amount of substrate present. Oh, okay. Can yeah. Actually, then yeah. overcome that. Yeah. So yeah. if there's more substrates and less inhibitors, there will still be lots of reactions going yeah. on. You can reduce the effect yeah. of the inhibitor. And yeah. the non-competitive is a completely different shape and doesn't bind with the active site. It will bind in other places, but what it does is it actually changes the shape of the active site 
so that no substrates would be able to connect with it, bind with it at all. So it essentially denatures it and breaks it. Yeah, but adding more substrate would overcome that. Would it? No, it wouldn't because it wouldn't. <laughs> so adding more substrate has no. Does effect. nothing. That was such a good answer. Yes. Very little input from me, really. <laughs> um, well done. Good. I'm really pleased with yeah. that. Excellent. Right, the wider reading, it's the last week of November now, isn't it? We're already at the last week. So this is the last week that we are recommending uh, Catalyst magazine. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, if you you just Google search Catalyst magazine or STEM learning, you'll find the magazine there. It's online. It's free access to lots of articles aimed at 11 to 19 year olds. As I've said before, the current issue has a particularly really good detailed article about mitochondria. It's always worth a listen read even still stuck in sort of podcast land but it's (laughs) going to involve actual reading just give it a go um should you round up i'll do the roundup enzyme inhibitors are molecules that affect the active site of an enzyme to stop it from functioning and prevents enzyme substrate complexes forming competitive inhibitors are a similar shape to the substrate which means they can enter the active site bind with it and block the substrate They are effectively competing with the substrate for the active site. Changes in the concentration of each affects this. If the concentration of the inhibitor is high, then they will occupy nearly all the active sites. So very few enzyme substrate complexes can form. So increasing the concentration of a substrate means the substrate is more likely to access the active site, so more enzyme substrate complexes can form. Non-competitive inhibitors do not enter the active site. They bind on another site of the enzyme, but still change the shape of the active site, so it's no longer complementary to the substrate. So the substrate can't bind, no enzyme substrate complexes can form. Concentrations don't matter here because they are not competing for the active site. So increasing the concentration of the substrate won't matter. The rate will still be low. Got any takeaways? My first one is competitive inhibitor is the same shape as the substrate and uses the active site, whereas the non-competitive one is not and breaks basically changes the shape of the substrate anyway. Of the active site. Yep. The competitive one can still be lots of um, reactions taking place or when the, the non-competitive one, it's very likely in less and less that reactions take place. Yeah. Till it plateaus off. Yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, that was a nice one, I a think. a nice little episode. Yeah. If you wanted to contact us, you can go to teachmescience.co.uk. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at teachmebiocast. And we also have Instagram at teachmebiologycast. Is that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell, yeah. Okay. I've got film club. You've got film club. Yeah. And I'm choosing what, the movie this week. Titanic. Obviously. <laughs> Titanic or Apollo Have you got 13? Three, three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> so is, is film club three hours? Well, I have to watch it in segments. It's only half an hour long. <laughs> you know, like when, you, when it's like months. Christmas at school and they put Home Alone on, but you can only watch like 45 minutes of it. Yeah. So you have to watch it over like two weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it's like. <clears throat> what movie do you like to show the kids? The Martian. 
The Martian. I love The Martian. Yeah. That's a good one. It you should watch one. The Martian. It's a good science one. Or Jurassic Park. No Christmas ones, no Grinch. No, I prefer to show science ones. Oh, okay. The Martian's a good one, though. Yeah, The Martian's a good one. Really good movie. Not scientifically accurate at the end, though, when he's iron manning it around in space. That is rubbish. The, <laughs> but like you say, you don't get to the end when you watch it in school. No, You just see no. Like him growing potatoes and actually being a Martian. Yeah. This has been Teach Me Biology. I have been Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. bye.